0: This southern city in the U.S. has plenty of history and some fabulous food.
1: We introduce you to the greatest steak in the world and a discussion on chardonnays around the globe.
0: Then we go to Southern California for some food that is primed to keep all the nutrients
1: in. And we discover how creative Ruth's Chris can be with libations.
0: Then you'll meet a former major league pitcher who hits some strange golf clubs.
1: Where are we on this location? Here's some hint. The people here, the guys wear big hats and the women have big hair.
0: Well, I think they used to have big hair. I don't think they have big hair anymore. But they are beautiful, beautiful women here. This is
1: also a historic place. Um, some great restaurants. Uh, we're also going to tell you about the travel search engine that yes. we're a part of that actually got us some great deals here.
0: So I Yes, absolutely. So And I, it's a little bit of a sad history. That it is, kind of a and we can te-
1: we can tell you about this because the the museum we went to is the is called the Six Floor Museum, and it is in the downtown area here, and it does relate to a very sad time in our history, which happened well over fifty years ago. But if you have a sense of history, um, you like to explore what, for a lot of people, is really one of the biggest mysteries. Uh, that happened in the United States. Uh, this is this is a great place to go. Um, for a lot of Americans, for someone like me, very stirring uh, mm-hmm. because yeah. I had to live through it. I lived through it as a kid. Um, so it would definitely be uh, worthwhile for people to go take a look at. So you probably have figured out where we are based on just talking about the museum. It's called the Sixth Floor Museum if you've gone to look it up already. We are in Dallas, Texas and the museum is the Sixth Floor Museum and that is commemorating the assassination of John F. Kennedy back, hard to believe, November 22nd, 1963, that is well over 50 years ago, the book depository building. Um, that is where Lee Harvey Oswald fired those shots.
0: And I think if you've never been, the, the tour with the guided uh, audio for you is very, very well worth it.
1: And Dallas is turning out to be a really good food town.
0: Oh, fabulous, fabulous food town. So we went to this place uh, called the Meddlesome Moth, Very cute name, very unique place. Uh, They did a lot of like small plates and appetizers and things like that. Um, We had one very unique one that was bacon lollipops. Oh, it was good. Oh, very good. So it was a certain type of bacon and very, very thick on a stick with maple hollandaise and funnel cake. Now, if you wanna have a great combination of mixing things together, that is definitely it. Yummy, yummy, yummy.
1: And that was more of an appetizer.
0: Exactly. That was more of an appetizer. And then we also had two very unique drinks. Mm -hmm. Um, One was a Moscow Mule, which is very popular now, comes in that nice little copper kind of a glass mug thing. And that's basically Russian standard vodka is what they used here, ginger beer and fresh lime juice. And then we had another one called the Celery Stalker. Yeah. yeah, so that's basically Hendrick's Gin, which is my personal favorite. If I'm going to drink gin, I don't drink it often, but if I do, Hendrick's is the way to go. That also had St. Germain in it, celery juice, lime juice, and Bitterman's Habanero Bitters. So it was very, very unique, and you notice the rim of the glass. That was also um, a really cool rub that they put around the outside of it. It had a little bit of the bitters in it. And it was a little bit spicy.
1: And it gave a different feel. So even though you think of Hendrick's Gin, of you know being something British, which you're here uh, in the south in Texas, where the Tex-Mex is big and they love the spices down here. So you got a little bit of the local flavor with that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Went great. went great with the bacon and everything else we had. And then another restaurant that we just learned about and went to the other day is called Seasons 52. So I have a venison. And, we have, and it's a venison chop and then a venison ragu. And that all came with these amazing off-the-chain sweet potatoes. Oh,
1: those were oh, good. You let me taste them. Yeah, I gotta tell you, <laughs> that might have been out, out of everything we ate that night. I think the way those sweet potatoes were made it was—it's was like a puree, like a saute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, nice
0: and creamy. Um, they and were the highlight, like I
1: think, of yeah, of the night. Everybody agreed
0: on that. Yeah, and you had the lamb.
1: I had the lamb. So, so you you killed Bambi, and I I killed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> little sheep there, so, um, but, uh, very tender. It was the suggestion that the, uh, waitress gave us. And so I went along with that and it was really good. The vegetables were nice. And, uh, so it's, it's a restaurant really, um, you can't go wrong here. Oh, no, um, not at all. if you're just stopping it, even if you're just getting appetizers, for Had a nice, uh, wine list. Um, definitely enjoyed it. It, it, it had a feel, I mean, it's, it, it's not like every restaurant here in Dallas, but it had the feel of, Um, great casual dining, but really top-end food with chefs who were creative and I get that feel when I come to Dallas.
0: Yeah, very very creative, very cutting edge as far as like a lot of people doing small plates now and tapas kinds of dishes so everything was small so we shared some things and then we each had our own entree but it wasn't so much that you were so full because normally I could never eat an entree after I eat a few um, different appetizers and this was really really well done in the sense that it was a perfect size.
1: Dallas is a great place because it's centralized. DFW Airport is a a hub for a lot of the airlines. This is a great place to come and do it like a two or three day getaway.
0: More great food coming up including the greatest steak in the world.
1: And we go to Roos Chris, but not for the steak for the libations.
0: So there's a new trend in raw food and a way to keep it from losing its nutrition.
1: And as you found out, there's one restaurant that knows how to make it.
0: So we're undercover in Santa Monica. The restaurant? Make. The twist? It's gourmet raw food. The secret? It's not really raw. Raw means it isn't cooked over 115 degrees, preserving the natural ingredients and nutrition. our first dish radishes with macadamia nut butter and taro chips the butter made by soaking the macadamia nuts in water notice those sprinkles that's coconut bacon next up kimchi dumplings those bubbles ginger foam with red pepper puree the wrapper cilantro and dehydrated coconut it has very distinct ginger asian flavor to it a lot like kimchi now kelp noodles with pea sheets enoki mushrooms and crispy olive bits mm, yummy so i could get the salty sea ocean taste from the kelp noodles by the way no carbs in that dessert Cinnamon churro flavored ice cream with cacao cookies. When you try all three together, harmonious complimenting flavors. It's really good. Went great with this nebbiolo and that finishes off another undercover foodie.
1: Well clearly your your CIA background helped you with that story.
0: <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> now that
1: food was fresh. It was it was really good. Um, I can't get over coconut
0: bacon. Yeah, well, you can't go wrong with coconut and bacon, right?
1: So what was your favorite?
0: Well, I would have to say the kimchi dumplings because I love kimchi and I love dumplings. Who doesn't love dumplings? I mean, so I I go with that. How about you?
1: Um, I would say that was the same one, too. I I enjoyed everything there. Um, But I guess my big question what do you think as far as guys going there? I mean, would there be enough for them to eat?
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah I mean, I think there's a good amount of heartier fare there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, no matter what, you should definitely check it out, even if you go and you're not that hungry, and you'll discover some stuff that you might enjoy, mm-hmm. and then you'll go back next time. Hmm.
1: Okay. Well, we talked about some somewhat raw food. Let's go across the pond and talk about something that was definitely cooked.
0: Oh, yes. Greatest steak in the world. <laughs> Can't wait to show it to you. Check it out. So
1: we're in London, and we go to another Gordon Ramsay restaurant. This one's called May's Grill.
0: And Gordon Ramsay is a stickler. He visits all the restaurants for quality control all the time
1: and this is this is the greatest meat we've probably ever had. The so we're going to tell you ever. about that. We're going to tell you about that in a bit. Let's go into the appetizers. Well,
0: right here another amazing dish, chili and garlic prawns with grilled sourdough. Oh my god, this was phenomenally amazing, amazing. I could eat this all the time.
1: Nice heat as well and uh, you got to love the avocado.
0: Smashed avocados and sweet potato chips, a great flavor. Okay, now
1: here's one that you will always love, burrata cheese.
0: Oh, this burrata, it was so smooth and fresh and creamy, and they mixed it with marjoram, lemon, and mint.
1: Look at the olive oil. So good.
0: Oh, yeah, just delicious.
1: Okay, and we also found a Chardonnay, a Chardonnay that you and I like because we like the oaky California. This was the best Chardonnay we've had in London.
0: <laughs> we had, we love big, buttery Chardonnays, and this was a great Russian River Valley Chardonnay. Uh, just delicious, and it went great with everything that we had here, including the best steak ever.
1: OK, we're going to get to that in a second, but we're going to give you the side dishes first, because we had, uh, there were some great mushrooms.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, beautiful portobello mushrooms, and they did this beautifully with some herbs.
1: And the greens, oh, these were nicely done.
0: Sauteed spring greens. Crisp and delicious, not overly cooked.
1: And a good Irish boy always likes a good potato, even if it's got rosemary all over
0: it. Absolutely. Perfectly cooked rosemary potatoes, crisp on the outside and soft in the inside.
1: Okay, this is the greatest steak of all time. And we, we didn't realize it until I heard you say that. And then I took a bite and I go, oh my gosh, you're right.
0: That's the best steak ever, ever. And they put it in a salt block, and they dry-age it in there, and they get the steak from artisan suppliers. But it melts in your mouth, and you can see it here. I could barely transport it from the the beautiful wood block to the plate. That's how (laughs) buttery, you could cut it with a spoon. It is so, so delicious. I mean, it literally, when we say the best steak ever, it is the best steak ever, and it's a Japanese Wagyu filet. 16 full ounces.
1: Yeah, that it was superb. And then we had a very nice uh, Bordeaux that we kind of, uh, we didn't wash it down with, we complemented it with.
0: Yes, correct. That was a Saint-Emilion Bordeaux, and it went uh, very, very well with it, and it was a blend of Cabernet, Cabernet Franc, and Merlot, which as a Bordeaux is, it is blended, but the majority of the grapes in it are Cabernet. And it
1: was light, it wasn't really chewy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, let's, and we got uh, some very good after dinner drinks here. What's this one?
0: This one's uh, Bailey's Comet, and it's Bailey's, Kahlua, and Di And then and
1: this one is the espresso.
0: That was delicious too vanilla infused vodka espresso, and kalua again. So good. Mm. Perfect after-dinner compliment.
1: Okay, and then we don't eat a lot of sweets, but this was a pretty good dessert.
0: Mm-hmm. This is monkey bread with pecans and vanilla ice cream. And Gordon Ramsay's known for his sticky toffee pudding. We we got this instead, just because we always get sticky toffee pudding, and it was amazing. If you like desserts, you'll love this.
1: And we should also say no monkeys were hurt in the preparation of this dessert as <laughs> well. Correct. And, uh, but definitely, there, there were some kind cows who were, who were coddled because, again, this is a good shot of the greatest steak of all time.
0: Yeah. Special uh, Scottish menu that was for there. Go visit May's Grill anytime. It's amazing.
1: And it's actually in a Marriott in Gropfler London. Square. All right. We will not forget about that steak for a long time. And I got to tell you. Oh, no. While I was concentrating on your husband Richard's steak, and he says, oh, this is the greatest steak I ever had. And I thought, okay, he's kind of joking around. And then he bit into the one that you and I were having. And he goes, oh, no, this is the greatest steak. In the world. And I thought you guys were joking with me <laughs> no, until I was ate serious. it.
0: Serious, yeah. Oh and my it God. was. I mean, this... You could cut it with a spoon. It melted in your mouth. It was like butter. It really is to this day the greatest steak I've ever had. You've ever had. Yeah. Richard's ever had. So phenomenally good. Yeah. Now
1: it was expensive too. We should say that.
0: Yes. Yeah. It was about three hundred pounds. So you know, if you but if you want to splurge, it's well worth every single pence that you would spend.
1: Yeah, it really was. Hey, let's talk a little bit about the chardonnays because. You and I love the oaky, buttery Chardonnays that California gives us. We found kind of in in, in Europe, they tend more to not have these and you and I love that, that Hartford Court one that we oh, had. Oh, yeah,
0: that was delicious um, ab- Russian River Valley. Talk about that
1: for people who are kind of like Americans going over there. I mean, can they can they find that? And is is this normal in Europe?
0: Yeah, I think it's pretty normal. I mean, they're not really into the oaky, buttery production of wine. That's more a California thing, specifically. Uh, that's really where those kind of wines originated. But they do have some beautiful white Bordeaux's, Burgundies, which is your Chardonnay grape. So if you're in Europe, it's called Burgundy. And that's because of the French wine production. They name it after the location of where you're at. So they had some delicious burgundies that we had. We did have a white Spanish wine, though, that we really didn't care for. No. Yeah, but no. But that wasn't at Mays. So Mays Grill is another gem by Gordon Ramsay. Go there. Check it out. It's near Grosvenor Square, the posh area of London. You'll love it.
1: Yeah, And London has great restaurants. So enjoy yourself while you're there. And when you're back here in the United States and going to Ruth's Chris, great steak also. We should also say Absolutely. that too as well. But what we found was that Ruth's Chris is very creative when it comes to certain drinks. And we found this
0: classic. We're in Anaheim trying to figure out why Ruth Chris is dabbling in the cocktail biz. Seems
1: like they're trying to corner the steak market with this bombshell called Ruth Sazerac.
0: Suspicious, since Chris's name was not on it.
1: And then next, we realized this could be a new Manhattan Project, but no, it was an after-dinner smart bomb disguised as a New Orleans classic.
0: Then, we found this secret document and got to the bottom of it before we got to the bottom of the glass.
1: It's Knob Creek Rye Whiskey, brown sugar syrup, homemade too, plus bitters, a lemon peel, and then the secret ingredient, misting the glass with Pernod.
0: Sizzling steaks, then this. So those people at Ruth Chris, wow, they can whip up a mean cocktail.
1: Yeah, that was good. I'd go back and get that again. Absolutely. Yeah. Well when we come back, we're going to meet a former Major League Baseball player who I got to play around to golf with and he has got some strange golf clubs.
0: Uh-oh. So many wines can be blends of different grapes, and you told me that golf clubs can be blends too.
1: Yeah, and they, they're called hybrids, so they're irons and woods. Mostly it's it's for guys who, who can't hit woods very well, so they kind of make them like their irons, which are easier to hit. I met a yeah. major league baseball player, his name is Dave Johnson, and he uses all hybrids for everything. It's absolutely amazing to watch his game, watch. Got to play with Dave Johnson, the former Orioles pitcher from the late 80s and early 90s. Dave is on TV now covering the Orioles, but he's got quite the golf game, as he and Dennis Martinez, El Presidente, won the celebrity-only event at the Ken Singleton Celebrity Golf Classic for Cool Kids. Dave played with me in the sponsor, Scramble, and I noticed something strange and cool about his game. Not that he hits a driver off the deck, which you did here, but first he has a baseball grip, and then he uses mostly hybrid woods. And what number hybrid is that, Dave? I'll be, I'll be using down eleven wood today. An eleven wood. An eleven wood. Now I just hit a seven iron, but he's hitting an eleven wood. I got these
2: from my wife this morning.
1: Oh, very nice. It takes a real man to admit that, yeah. so. But don't let that fool you. He can chip with them and sky them from hundred yards like a Mickelson wedge. Oh my god, he hit it right. Hit it in the hole. I asked Dave about his self taught but effective game.
2: John, it's weird because the whole thing of the overlap and the interlock and the, you know, the golf swing and all that stuff. I mean, being somewhat of a professional athlete, some people don't think pitchers were, um, <laughs> and that's okay. Uh, they, they may be right in my case, but uh, you know, you. Just, I just I, I, it was too confusing to me, and it was very uncomfortable, of course. So I went with a baseball grip. Uh, the clubs that I have are all woods. I don't have any irons. I tried irons. I. I just couldn't hit them, and I found out through just trial and error that I was am a sweeper. I I sweep the ball, and I don't like hit down on the ball and take a normal divot like you would with an iron and stuff like that. So I found that when I. I, I got a, like an 11 wood. I found it at like Kmart or something, and then I found a 9 wood at uh, Target or someplace crazy, and and then all of a sudden I found the place on the internet. This is 20 years ago, uh, while we were doing a charity event down in Ocean City, Maryland at Eagles Landing, and I overheard somebody in one of the uh, like shacks over there where the carts go and everything, and the guy said, "Hey, I got your 15 wood," and I'm like, "Hmm." 15-wood. So I ran over there. I'm like, hey, I heard somebody say something about 15-wood. He goes, yeah, I make them. I buy the components online. I make them. I'm like, really? Could you make me a 15 and a 17 or whatever? And I used them and uh, I just found that they were just, they're a little heavier than a normal iron is and by sweeping the ball because of the sole plates really flat and it's it's bigger, I just found that even my miss hits were straighter and longer and it just worked for me. And then I kind of just figured it out and Boy, through the years, I mean, I got to about maybe four or five years ago, I was a 10 or 12 handicap, and now I've got down to about a four. And it's just, you just kind of figure it out, you know what I mean? You kind of athletically, if you can just figure out what works and what doesn't, and you make adjustments along the way, and, uh, and that's what I've
1: done. So don't make fun of anyone hitting a bag full of hybrids again. That's Dave Johnson, folks. And special thanks to Dave Johnson and the Cool Kids Foundation for allowing me to do that story and to bring that uh, bring that to you as well.
0: And that's our show. Thanks for joining us. Look forward to see you again next time. Cheers.
1: Cheers.